You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunkin' with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves take on the Clippers tonight at Target Center. Yet another home game. We're going to talk all about that today on the show. First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown is Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as, of course, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon, with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Today on the show, before we get to the Clippers preview, I want to talk about overall notes, injuries, kind of rehashing what went down on Monday in the horrendous loss to the Orlando Magic. Um, I want to talk about power rankings as well. That'll be the middle portion of the show today, where the Wolves sit in league-wide power rankings, of course, to, according to various national sites. Uh, but And then we'll, we'll close by getting to the Wolves-Clippers preview. There's actually quite a few similarities with how the Wolves season has gone so far and how the LA Clippers season has gone to this point. So we'll lay all that out here at the close of the show today. First, though, Let's talk about injuries and notes from practice on Tuesday. First of all, D'Angelo Russell has been ruled out by the Timberwolves for Wednesday's game. Remember, he sprained his ankle towards the end of the first half, did not play in the second half. Uh, When Chris Finch spoke to the media on Tuesday, he said Russell had not participated and there was a chance he'd miss Wednesday's game. He did not participate in Tuesday's practice. The Timberwolves PR department uh, tweeted out on Tuesday afternoon that Patrick Beverly would be questionable with his sore calf that caused him to miss Monday's game. D'Lo will be out with his right ankle sprain. And of course, McKinley Wright is still out on G League assignment. Uh, notably, Patrick Beverly did participate in full in practice on Tuesday. So it would seem reasonable that he could play on Wednesday, even though he's listed as questionable. But D'Lo is out. Um, if Patrick Beverly can't go, then it would seem to be a big issue that McKinley Wright is still in G League assignment. And I would think the Wolves would maybe consider pulling him up, um, although he's at this moment listed as out. So I guess that could technically change. It's just, I don't think they list Pat Bev as questionable and McKinley Wright is out if they don't think Beverly's going to play. So seems likely Beverly plays, perhaps Jordan McLaughlin starts and Pat Bev comes off the bench with the second unit. That's probably the most likely scenario. But no D'Lo obviously hurts um, from a depth perspective and, and from an outside shooting perspective. Yes, I've talked about on the show how D'Lo's had a really rough start to the season, but obviously this Wolves team should be better with him on the court. And if they're not, there's bigger issues. And so it's it's too bad he won't be able to go. Hopefully it's just a, a mild sprain and he can return maybe by Friday or if not uh, by, I think the Wolves play Sunday or Monday of, uh, of next week. So um, hopefully it's still a relatively short-term injury, but we'll find out uh, here as we move through the week. Um, also John Krasinski of the athletic had an interesting stat from Chris Finch after practice on Tuesday, John says, and I'm just, I'm going to read John's tweet. Uh, this is John Krasinski from the athletic. He said, Finch cited a few stats last two games, 25 isolations, uh, ISO possessions have produced nine total points. That's not good points per possession wise, nine points in 25 possessions. Um, 
I, I guess I could have done the math, but it's not good. Only nine transition opportunities total, not points, nine opportunities in transition total on Monday night against the Magic. Finch says, quote, it's not how we're going to beat anybody. To continue to try to play that way, obviously meeting isolate more isolation position, possessions than transition opportunities, to continue to try to play that way is suicide. We just got to get back out, move the ball, get everybody involved. 100%. Uh, by the way, I don't think that's something we would have heard Tom Thibodeau say. I don't think I, Tom Thibodeau was brutally honest, but only in the ways he really felt like being brutally honest, right? Tibbs kind of always said the same stuff. It didn't feel like he was really truly evaluating the game. And I and I'm not suggesting that Tibbs didn't know what he was what he was doing. He's obviously a brilliant coach. It was that he didn't he wasn't putting the 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 forethought into what he was going to say to the media. He wasn't he was just kind of regurgitating the same stuff. Oh, we got to defend better. We got to rebound better. You know, we got to whatever. It, it was kind of it wasn't really um transparent. The way that Chris Finch talks to the media, and maybe sometimes to his detriment, I mean, he talked basically, he basically said what the Wolves rotation would be if D'Lo can't play on Wednesday. Um, and I don't, I mean, maybe it's not that big of a competitive advantage, but you don't often hear coaches you know, the day before the game saying, yeah, here's what we'll do with their rotation. Um, but in this case, this is really transparent. I mean, Finch is saying, look, here's the issue. We're playing isolation ball too much. We're not getting out and running in transition enough. Uh, part of that is due to getting is is not getting enough stops on Monday, at least against the Magic, when the defense was suspect for at least the second half of the game. But saying that, hey, look, 25 isolation possessions over two games, only nine transition opportunities last game. Um, that's we're not going to win that way. Um, you're especially not going to beat, I know the Clippers are two and four, but you're, the Clippers are still a better team than the Magic. You can beat the Magic playing that way. You're not going to beat the Clippers playing that way either. Um, so for Finch to be so transparent is refreshing. Now, of course, the next step is obviously the self-awareness, the um, the honesty from the coach, presumably to the players and all with how honest he was to the media. I would assume he was honest to the players about what the issues were. Now the Timberwolves have to put that into action and actually change what they're doing on Wednesday against the Clippers. They have to get out and transition and run. They have to defend. They have to rebound. And they have to not play so much isolation ball. I talked about this on the postgame pod late Monday for Tuesday's show that the Timberwolves offense, the ball movement generally I thought was better against the Magic and the Nuggets than it had been over the first four games of the season. But they were missing open shots. And then in the second half, it turned into, it devolved into Anthony Edwards would have the ball and he'd spend roughly 16 seconds thinking, okay, I'm going to take over. I'm going to make this happen. And then he'd give the hot potato to, uh, to, to Carl Anthony Towns or then the rules would flip. And it was Towns, you know, passing the hand grenade to, uh, to Anthony Edwards and one would have to try to bail the other one out. And there wasn't any true flow at that point in the game. I thought the game started out well in that regard and, and generally was still better than the Pelicans games, especially, and, and even um, portions of the Nuggets game on Saturday. And, and actually the Bucks game outside of the first quarter against Milwaukee, the offense was pretty stagnant last week, despite the win. Um, so I think, I think the awareness here is, is key. Um, and as long as the Wolves can get out and transition and run more and, and run some semblance of an offense and pass the ball, move the ball around the perimeter and get it to the open man and not shoot so many contested threes and not, you know, make the open threes that they do take, get into the paint, get to the free throw line more often than they did on Monday, which shouldn't be hard to do because they only had what, 15 free throw attempts for the game or 13 for the game, something like that. Um, then you know the Clippers are are a beatable team, and we'll get into the specific matchup here in just a little bit. Uh, but it's certainly winnable games on Wednesday and Friday. And if the Wolves didn't at least split the two of those games, then there's obviously going to be 
a, you know, bigger concerns at that point, it would be a four game losing streak if they drop both these games to the Clippers. So, um, Let's not think that way, though. Let's get back to Wolves Clippers preview here at the end of the show. First, uh, ne- or I should say next, let's get into power rankings where the NBA blogosphere sees the Wolves at this stage in the season. First, though, let's talk about the title sponsors of the show today, and that, of course, is McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's exactly what my family does on long road trips. If we leave early in the morning, we find uh, a rest stop in Kansas and we'll, uh, we live in Oklahoma city. If you're not aware, and we'll stop at a rest stop in Kansas and uh, pick up uh, sausage egg McMuffins on a long road trip in the morning or working late on the way home, McDonald's drive through one of the ones that's open either 24 hours or sometimes the ones, uh, there's a couple that are open just till midnight and grab a McDouble and some fries hits the spot every time, early morning, late night. McDonald's is fantastic. And one of my favorites, you can head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say a locked on wolves watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right, let's go ahead and get into uh, power rankings here for week two of the season. So we did this last week, and admittedly, these rankings are done typically late Sunday before Monday night's games. Um, Do them on the Wednesday show because they're not out in time for the Monday show. The Tuesday show is the postgame pod for Monday if the Wolves play on Monday. If the Wolves ever have a Monday off, we'll probably do power rankings on a Tuesday. So these rankings are a day and a half old in the sense that they happen before Monday night's games. But we're only a game behind. Of course, this was the most disappointing game of the season for the Wolves, so it obviously would sway these rankings probably pretty significantly. Uh, but prior to Monday's game, when the Wolves were sitting at three and two, coming off of the loss to the Nuggets. And remember, even though they were three and two, last week they went one and two, right? They started the week with the bad loss to the Pelicans, which in hindsight, I mean, it's still really bad. The Pelicans are still a one-win team, but it still didn't feel as bad as the Magic loss. The loss to the Pelicans, the peak of the roller coaster is the win over the Bucks, and then down somewhere in the middle, a close loss to the Nuggets, still scoring only 91 points, but playing a really good playoff team close, having a chance to tie the game at the buzzer, essentially, um, and unfortunately falling short. There was still a one in two week, so it wouldn't be a shock to see some of the power rankings drop the Wolves a little bit. It actually wasn't too bad. Sports Illustrated, um, they actually had the Timberwolves go from number 14 from week one, which by the way, 14 week one was by far the best ranking of any of these power rankings. They rose to number 11 on SI.com's power rankings this week, 11th in the NBA. The Timberwolves were prior to Monday's loss to the Magic. Um, Quickly, just because this is crazy, let's look at their top 10. They have the Heat at number one, the Jazz number two, Golden State three, the Knicks at four. Now, these are all five and one teams. The Bulls at five, five and one. The Nuggets, sixth at four and two. So the Wolves lost to the number six team on this power rankings list by two points on Saturday. The Wizards are five and one, which is a massive shock to me. They're seven. The Charlotte Hornets at five and two are eight. The Sixers, four and two, nine. The Nets are down at 10th at four and three. And then the Wolves at three and two are 11, a spot ahead of the Dallas Mavericks, two spots ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks, who of course have gotten off to a little bit of a rough start. They've got plenty of injury issues. The Lakers are at 14. So who would have thought after roughly 10 10 days into the regular season, the Timberwolves would be ahead of the Mavericks, Bucks, Lakers 
in the and the Atlanta Hawks, by the way, who were three and three when this ranking was done um, in SI.com's power rankings. Now, I would not have ranked the Wolves 11th even before Monday. I probably would have had them in the 16 to 18 range still, probably 16, man, 16, 17. Um, but for whatever it's worth, Sports Illustrated had them at number uh, number 11. Sporting News had the Wolves at number 20 last week. They bumped them one spot this week to number 19. Um, and basically, they didn't do much of a write-up about the Wolves. And that's the other thing I want to do in this segment is if if any of the analysts say anything notable about the Timberwolves, go over that. Um, but teams the Wolves were ahead of on this list at Sporting News, again, number 20, which was up from 21 the previous week. Um, or excuse me, actually at 19, up from 20 the previous week. It has them ahead of the Clippers, by the way, which is interesting. They were one and four before beating the lowly Thunder on Monday. The Raptors at 21, the Kings at 22, the Cavs at 23, and then the usual suspects at the bottom, Spurs, Pacers. Well, the Pacers are a surprise, but not a surprise. They're ranked at, what, 25 with a one and six record. I just don't think anybody would possibly think they would have lost six of their first seven, even with some of the injury issues. It's still a surprise. Um, No Karis LeVert, et cetera. No... um, I mean, they obviously still got Sabonis, but TJ Warren, of course, is still out. Malcolm Brogdon hasn't been consistently healthy. Uh, the Pelicans are down towards the bottom, as well as, of course, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Magic. And last place right now is the Detroit Pistons on this, on the Sporting News power rankings. Um, there's two there's two outlets that had the Wolves in the same spot as they were the week prior. Zach Harper at the Athletic had the Wolves uh, once again at, uh, what did he have them at? Uh, number 20, I believe. And um, he he calls out, he does a little bit more analysis than most of the other power rankings. He called the Wolves lost to the Pelicans last Monday very Wolves like, and then their win over the Bucks very unWolves like. Which I mean, if you're a Timberwolves fan, regular listen to this podcast. Absolutely, that's that's the best way to describe last week. And the Nuggets loss again was somewhere right in between. Where hey, they're in a game against a good team, but of course the ending of the game, fantastic steal, peak of the roller coaster. Beasley gets blocked at the rim. Edwards can't get the put back in time. Or on the way down the court, Edwards hears the buzzer, the the shot clock buzzer from from the Nuggets possession, and thinks it's the game buzzer, and you know hesitates, kicks it ahead. Beasley's blocked. Edwards can't get the the put back in time, and they end end up losing by two. Very Wolves like finish to a game that maybe you know was pleasantly surprising. They were in throughout the game anyway. They were you know th- this was a close game throughout. So. A roller coaster of a week last week. Uh, Zach Harper at the Athletic has them still at twenty, and then NBA.com's John Schumann, same thing, has the Wolves at uh, at number twenty. And his exercise, his ranking underscored the lineup change that saw Jared Vanderbilt be in the starting lineup, which we know is is um, was significant, right? And, and his first start was against the Bucks last Wednesday, but Schumann at NBA.com really underlines the offensive rebounding against the Bucs. Vanderbilt himself, his offensive rebounding against Milwaukee directly led to second chance points. What was ultimately a close game, or excuse me, to nine second chance points. And what was ultimately a close game between the Wolves and Bucks last Wednesday. So I thought that was notable. Um, you know, just, just watching the game, knowing that he's helping their rebounding on both ends of the floor, knowing that the Timberwolves were better because of Vando being in the lineup, knowing that he did a great job on Giannis and, and did a good job in his, slightly more limited minutes on Saturday against the Nuggets. But in that Bucks game, Vanderbilt's second offensive rebounding specifically led to nine second chance points for the Wolves, I think is a really intriguing stat. The only uh, one of these national power rankings that actually saw the Timberwolves slide was ESPN, perhaps not so surprising, dropped them from 22 to 
or excuse me, from 20 to 21. This is the one where they use seven analysts that all vote in the power rankings and the Wolves dropped just one spot. So ranking anywhere from 11th to 21st was the Wolves uh, this week in power rankings before the loss to the Magic on Monday. So again, not really surprising. That range probably seems about right. I would have them somewhere in the middle, probably 16 or 17, before the loss to the Magic on Monday. If the Wolves could beat the Clippers twice the rest of this week, I think we'll see, again, a slight bump. You know, if they go into next week five and three, we could see them rise a spot or two in some of these power rankings. Um, you know, again, the Clippers aren't exactly a force right now sitting with the two and four record. Uh, but I think that that would still be a notable result and would help the Wolves. Now, if they split against the Clippers, we're going to see them slide a spot or two, which is, I guess, an example of kind of how silly power rankings are, especially to do them weekly. Because if you play three games, you know, what's... I mean, one possession could be the difference between going two and one and one and two on the week. How much is that really going to influence your overall standing in the league in terms of something as arbitrary as power rankings? I don't know, but we're going to do it. It's fun. Um, and as the Wolves continue to hopefully rack up weeks where they can go two and one instead of one and two, then we'll start to see them climb the ladder of the power rankings um, at various outlets, outlets here pretty quickly. Okay, I want to close by talking Wolves Clippers and look at that matchup. Um, what to look out for in Wolves Clippers on Wednesday night. First, though, before we do that, let's talk about our outstanding friends over at Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, though, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month long. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. We're back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile dev- mobile excuse me, mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football to basketball, baseball postseason to NHL, boxing to UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, that's that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, let's go ahead and talk Wolves Clippers. So the Wolves Clippers matchup is interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, Number one, there's actually quite a few similarities between where the Wolves sit right now and where the Clippers sit right now in terms of... um, in terms of their standings on both offensive, the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. For instance, 
Right now, the Timberwolves sit number eight in defensive rating. That's through play on Monday. So including the loss to the Clippers, the Wolves are eighth in the league in defensive rating. The Clippers are sixth. On the offensive side of the ball, the Wolves rank 24th in offensive rating. The Clippers are 26th in offensive rating. So the Wolves are two spots behind the Clippers on defense, two spots ahead of them on offense. Currently, the Wolves are number one in three-point attempts per game, but they're number 24 in three-point shooting percentage as a team. The Clippers are third in three-point attempts per game and 21st in percentage from outside the arc. So the Wolves are two spots ahead of the Clippers in attempts and three spots behind them in made percentage. Really eerie similarities there. Um, Now, tons of noise, obviously, six games into the season for each team. Uh, They've both been relatively disappointing. They both have um, one player that's head and shoulders above everybody else. In the case of the Clippers, of course, is Paul George. With the Wolves, of course, is Carl Thitty Towns, kind of pulling everybody else along for the ride. Um, And the Clippers, obviously, have have bigger injury issues with Kawhi Leonard out, likely for the season. And, um, you know, some other, Serge Ibaka hasn't played played yet this year. Uh, Marcus Morris has only played in a couple of games. So those things are are notable. Um, another thing that's similar between the two teams is they both struggled to rebound the basketball. The, the Clippers are 25th in defensive rebound rate and they're 28th in offensive rebound rate. The Timberwolves are 30th still in the defensive rebounding rate and 5th in offensive rebounding rate. So the Wolves are good on the offensive end of the court. Obviously, a lot of that's credit to Jared Vanderbilt and to a lesser extent, Carl Anthony Towns. But on the defensive glass, both teams have really struggled. So this is an opportunity for the Wolves to flex their muscle on the offensive glass, uh, to, to get Vando and Towns involved, to get Nas Reed involved offensively. Um, Nas is a little dinged up after Monday's game, a shoulder, it appeared to be a shoulder injury that he was working through, but he's not on the injury report officially as of now. So um, if the Wolves can get some second chance points, uh, if they continue to struggle shooting from their perimeter, which hopefully isn't the case, if they crash the boards, they should be able to rebound against this Clippers team. Um, they're just not a very big team. I mean, if it's a Zubats is, is the best example. Isaiah Hartenstein is, um, you know, another, another big on their team, but not somebody to be entirely feared on the glass. Those are a pair of seven footers. But besides that, this team doesn't play that big. I mean, they they play the likes of, you know, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. These guys are all getting heavy minutes. Um, you know, uh, Nicholas Batum is what? They're, I think, their third leading rebounder, actually. Uh, Paul George actually leads them in terms of total rebounds and rebounds per game at this point in time. Um, so this is a this is a team that the Wolves should be able to beat on the glass. It's also a team that's not shooting the ball well from the perimeter. And the Wolves should be able to uh, continue. I talked about this before Monday's game. Minnesota's three-point defense has actually been really good. As a whole, the defense, of course, has been solid. But defending the three-point line has been a strength of this year's Wolves team to this point. So if they can keep doing that, so keep doing what they're doing defensively, crash the glass on offense and do some damage there. And if Towns can stay out of foul trouble, this is a front court he should be able to score on easily. Paul George is going to get his. And we've talked about this a couple times this year already. George is going to get his. Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard are the only other Clippers averaging in double figures in terms of points per game. Marcus Morris has probably will not play. He was out on Monday. He probably won't play Wednesday. Eric Bledsoe is the only other guy who really has the capability to go off at all. Um, and he's not much of a threat in terms of shooting the ball from the outside with any efficiency. So it's going to be all about keeping Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard in check. And Josh Okoge is going to get a chance to do that. I'm sure uh, Jade McDaniels will will be mostly guarding Paul George. Um, so it's going to be pretty much Josh Okogie 
Hopefully Patrick Beverly is available to guard Reggie Jackson or Luke Kennard in this game. Again, Pat Bev is questionable with the calf injury, but if they can, if they can hold those guys to relatively inefficient nights, Reggie Jackson, by the way, shooting 31% from the floor so far this year has not actually been very good, not been efficient at all, but he's outside of George outside of PG 13 and Luke Kennard. He's the only guy that that's averaging double figures on 31% shooting 29% from outside the arc. Um, and an effective field goal per shooting percentage is 39% for Reggie Jackson. So the Wolves can limit Paul George to some extent, let him get his, do a good job on Reggie Jackson, do a good job on Kennard, um, and crash the glass, rebound the ball well on both sides of the floor. The Wolves should be fine. They should have a real chance to win this game against the 2-4 and four Clippers team. To this point, the Clippers just beat the Thunder on uh, at home on Monday by just five. Um, and of course, the Thunder are not good. They've also beaten the Blazers once this year. That was actually a 30-point victory. But they've also lost to the Blazers by double figures, by 19. They've lost to the Cavs by 13. They lost to the Grizzlies by six. And then on the in the first game of the season, they lost by one possession to the Warriors. So blowout losses to the Cavs and Blazers, and then a blowout win over the Blazers and a, blow, a close win over the Thunder. This is a beatable team with no Kawhi Leonard, especially with some additional depth um, issues with no Marcus Morris, uh, no Serge Ibaka. This is a beatable team. And the Timberwolves need to bounce back. I would expect the Wolves to play well Wednesday. Um, I'll, I need to start pulling the lines at BetOnline.ag for these for these games for the preview portion. But um, this is a game I would expect the Wolves to be. I'm going to go ahead and just guess the line. Expect the Wolves to be favored by, we'll call it two at home in this game. I'm going to see if I can pull it up here real quick and see. I don't know. See, just you know, one take recording this live. We'll just we'll just see how this uh, how, how my guessing the line goes. Um, and of course there is no line yet for Wednesday. So there we go. Recording this late Tuesday, still no line for Wolves Nuggets or excuse me, Wolves Clippers. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll check this, uh, before each show moving forward on the preview. We'll see before Friday's game, if there's a line, but I'm going to expect the Wolves to be favored by a couple of points at home against the Clippers. Again, the Clippers two and four, the Wolves three and three, both teams disappointing so far this season. Um, so we'll have a post game pod posting after the show late Wednesday. That will be Thursday's show. Be sure that you're following and subscribe to the podcast. Um, first of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. That's greatly appreciated. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. Now's the best time to make sure that you are subscribed and following. We're everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Lockdown T-Wolves, and my account is at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. And uh, a reminder that Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast. Enjoy Wolves Clippers on Wednesday. We'll see you back here for the postgame pod. We'll catch you next time.